Thanks for listening to the Grace Life Podcast, where we want to know God, love people, and reach our world. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online by going to gracelife.church. We'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week and everywhere you go with the gracelife.church app. It's free and available wherever you download apps. Everybody, welcome to Grace Life. Once again, we are so glad to have you worshiping with us. We would love to know you're here, especially if this is your first time. Someone ask you to do me a favor. For whatever platform you're watching, if you would, click the link for our connection card, or you can simply text hello to the number on the screen. And again, say hello to us. We're going to say hello back to you. Well, everybody, we are in the process of making plans and getting ready to come back together for worship here in the building. Uh, there's too much for me to say and to describe that, so I simply want to point you to our website or app to go and get that information. Matter of fact, some of you maybe have already come across it in our social media over the past week. Uh, but if you haven't, everybody go check out right now our, our website or our app and find out the upcoming plans for how we are going to begin coming back together for worship worship. Well, speaking of the time that we couldn't come together for worship during the COVID-19 lockdown, as soon as this began, we felt that we should make a change to our preaching schedule. We had some things planned uh, that are definitely good and godly or we wouldn't be doing them, but we did still feel we needed to change to focus very specifically on drawing you closer to God where you are. Matter of fact, there's been so much talk about fear and anxiety and uncertainty. What we felt from God is that during this season, we should be preaching things that help you experience God practically in your life. And so we just finished up a series we've been doing called Because of Jesus. If you missed that, I want to encourage you, you can also go back and get that on our app or website. But today we're going to continue with those changes, and we're going to begin a new series that we really hope is going to help you draw closer to God in your life. This series is called Hearing God. And it's, I think, dealing with what is both one of our greatest struggles as well as our greatest desire coming together in wanting to hear God in our lives. I think it is our greatest struggle and our greatest desire for many of us. For me, the idea of hearing the voice of God was a brand new topic to me when I went off to college. Uh, I did grow up going to church, grew up in a Christian home, but the, the church I went to didn't really talk much about the idea that that God is speaking to you today in your life. Matter of fact, they had a great reverence for God. They said nice things about God. Uh, we talked about God and, and sang to God, and, and, and everything was wonderful. We knew the Bible stories. We, we looked at what God had done in the past. We looked in the Bible at what God's going to do in the future. But the, the image that I had at that point in life was that we need to just be really good and go and worship God. And, and God's just kind of waiting to do something in the future. And, and that was probably not a very correct picture, but it's the one I had. And I've discovered, actually, as a pastor, that a lot of other people also kind of have that idea. God has Bible stories. A lot has happened. A lot will happen right now. I just need to be good. God's not really interacting with us. I don't believe that's the case at all, and that's what I want to talk to you about. So I went off to college and, and came across a church where people kept using the phrase, well, I was praying this morning, God said to me, well, I feel like God was talking to me and said, and I'd never heard people talking like that before. And matter of fact, I'd get together with my, my pastor. I had asked him to help disciple me and, and he sat down and said, so what is God saying to you? And I looked at him like, I don't know. 
I didn't know how to answer that question. No one had ever asked me that question before. No one had ever even given me the idea that God spoke to everybody regularly. Matter of fact, maybe you've had the same example that in the church I grew up, you heard the pastor say something like, God called me to ministry, and everybody else is just like, well, that's great. You can hear from God. I wish I could too. Well, I believe we can. And so as people in that church that I was going to in college would talk about God speaking to them, I thought, well, if God does that, I want that too. And I went to college in the mountains. There was a lot of nature and things, and I loved to go hiking. So I started going on hikes and saying, I'm just going to hear the voice of God. I'm going to get away from everything and just go hiking and maybe even uh, find a beautiful place to sit and look out over the valley and, and wait to hear the voice of God. I, I tried to think of nothing, which anybody ever tried to do that? Good luck with that. But I would try to think of nothing and then wait on this voice, this audible voice to come from heaven, kind of like some of the stories I'd read about in the Bible. It turns out, though, that I was most likely listening for the wrong voice. And I really think that's why this series is so important, because if we want to hear God, we need to know what he sounds like. If we want to hear God's voice, we need to know how he speaks. Matter of fact, I think there is nothing that makes us feel closer to God as a Christian as when we feel like God is speaking to us. And at the same time, I think there's nothing that makes God feel far away is when we feel like God is not speaking. And maybe that's the struggle that you have, the same struggle I had, that I would think God is going to speak to me through an audible voice, and maybe the same problem is we're just listening to the wrong voice. So what I want to do today, I want to share with you what I learned the hard way. And I wish that people had looked at me when they were saying God is speaking to me, and they had said, and this is how he does it. This is what he sounds like. So I want to give you what I hope is just going to be an incredibly practical teaching that will help you by the end of this time know how to hear God's voice. And so as we begin, I, I, real quickly before we get into our main passage, I, I just want to lay a theological groundwork. I want to make sure we're all on the same page that God does want to speak to us people. So let me show you this out of Exodus. It, it, God says, look, it shall be a regular burnt offering throughout your generations at the entrance of the tent of meeting before the Lord, where I will meet with you to speak to you there. I will dwell among the people. God was given instructions for one of the offerings that the people would bring. And he's saying, look, first of all, it's going to be regular. This is going to be a normal part of life. And it's going to go throughout generations. It's not just for you guys. It's going to be for your children, your children's children, your children's children's children. It's going to keep going that I'm going to be with them. I'm going to speak to them. I'm going to dwell with them. And then Jesus shows up. He says kind of the same thing. Look, I'm the good shepherd. And I know my own. My own know me. My sheep hear my voice. Here's the truth. God desires to have an ongoing relationship and an ongoing communication with his people. That's never changed. It's been his plan from the beginning. God wants to be with his people. God wants to speak to his people. The question for us is, how does that happen? If you've read some of the Bible stories, you know some incredible, amazing ways that God has spoken. Things like he spoke to Moses through a burning bush that actually never burned up. And he spoke to Paul 
with an audible voice from heaven uh, that, that even caused him to fall to the ground. And when Jesus was baptized, again, an audible voice came from heaven. And then we see examples like God speaking to Jacob through a dream. And those are so amazing. They're so cool. I tell you, I wish that God would show up and speak an audible voice through a burning bush that doesn't even catch fire. That, that would just be so amazing because there is no doubt that whatever you hear from a bush that's on fire that doesn't burn, that's, that's just got to be crazy cool, right? I mean, every one of us would love that kind of moment. Well, here's the problem. I just cited like four or, or so examples over thousands of years of human history. It turns out that although those are extraordinary and cool, those aren't the normal ways that God speaks to his people. And yet God is always speaking. And so during this series, we're going to learn how God is always speaking. It turns out he's got three main ways that he speaks to us. He has a spiritual voice. He has a practical voice. And he has a written voice. And we're going to look at each of those individually throughout the series. Today, I want to start with the idea that God has a spiritual voice. Matter of fact, Jesus is the one that promised this. He said, look, I'm going to go. And when I go, I'm going to send you the promise of the Father. You know what that is? That is his spirit. You see, when I was here, I was either here or I was over there. And I couldn't be everywhere. But that's, when I go, it's going to be better for you because then the spirit of God is going to be everywhere. He's going to be with each of you. He's going to be in each of you. God's going to dwell with you. God's going to speak to you. And it's going to make you feel so close to him. Here's what he said in John 16. When the spirit of truth comes, he'll guide you into all truth. Whatever he hears, he will speak and declare to you the things that are to come. And you need to understand when Jesus said this, this was a massive change in how to hear the voice of God throughout human history. Up until this point, the average uh, worshiper of God had to hear from God through natural ears or natural eyes, meaning they had Scripture, and they could use their natural eyes and their natural mind, and they could read Scripture to know what God had said in the past and what God wanted for them, or they could hear through natural ears when a prophet spoke to them and said, here is what God is saying. But if they wanted to hear from God, they probably had no other option, and now suddenly Jesus is saying, wait a minute, it, this is going to change. It's going to change from you only reading and you only hearing through another human. What's going to happen now is since God is spirit and his spirit's going to dwell in you and you have a spirit, you are going to begin to have a spiritual voice. You're going to hear God through his spiritual voice. And let me show you why his spiritual voice is so important. So 1 Corinthians chapter 2, this is our main passage for today for those of you that want to follow along at home. It says, but as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. So wait a minute, let's just stop right there and look at that for a second. So you're telling me God has things prepared for us, but, but our, our eyes can't see it. No eye has seen it. No eye will see it. No human natural eye will see it. No ear has heard about it. No, no natural ear can hear it. Matter of fact, not even our minds can come up with it. But because our eyes can only see what's in front of us, our ears can only hear what is using actual sound waves around us, and our mind, the best we can dream of is what has been done before, then how in the world are we going to know what God has planned? What are we going to do to find this out? Well, the good news is the passage keeps going. It says those things, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. It's a spiritual voice. Now, look, I know some would argue 
and push back a little bit. Look, Jimmy, we've got God's word to us. And so I don't need a spiritual voice. I know plenty of who God is and what he wants from me and what I should do. And I'm just going to, first of all, say, yes, absolutely, I agree with you. We are going to talk about the power of God's written voice to us later in the series. I absolutely believe this is God's word, and I believe nothing is a higher standard of truth in my life. But sometimes this does leave us with a question. Okay, let's talk about when there is no question, right? Okay, so let's say that you're broke and you think, you know, hey, honey, I saw that movie a while back where that broke couple lost their jobs and they decided to rob a bank. It was a hilarious comedy. Maybe we should also go rob a bank and that'll solve our problems. Well, no, because the Bible is real clear. We will not steal. It tells us, look, this is one of the the simple commandments. You will not steal. Okay, question answered. You're right. We don't need to pray and ask God if it's okay if I rob a bank. He's already spoken. But This word also says something like, we're supposed to go to the ends of the earth. We're supposed to go to all nations declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ to everybody who doesn't know. Well, that's great, but that does leave some questions. When should we go? Today or next year? Uh, Which country should I go to? Should every single one of us in America leave America and go to another country? Actually, if that happens, then who's going to preach to America? So some of us need to stay. Some of us need to go. Some of us need to go now. Some of us need to do something else before we go. God needs to prepare us for that. How are you going to know the answers to those questions? Spiritual voice. Maybe you feel led to start a business and you're a Christian and you want to start a a, a good business and and there's nothing ungodly about your idea, but you're not sure, is God telling you to start a business or is God telling you to go work for somebody else in their business? Again, it's going to require a spiritual voice. And so hopefully we've established that there is a need to hear God's spiritual voice in our lives today. Uh, the, The question then is how? How do we hear God's spiritual voice? Well, let's keep going in that same passage in 2 Corinthians 9, uh, 1 Corinthians 2, sorry, and let's jump down to verse 14. And it says, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he's not able to understand them. Why? Because they're spiritually discerned. You see, it turns out if we want to hear God's spiritual voice, we need to realize it is spiritually discerned. What does that mean? Well, it means that there is a spiritual operating system that has to be inside of each one of us. Matter of fact, we've all got devices. I'm using an iPad. It's made by Apple, and you've got phones and and, uh, other things that you use, and every one of those things, a laptop, whatever, they all have operating systems. And without that operating system, if if it were not there, this would simply be a very heavy paperweight. That's all it would do is hold papers to my desk. In order for it to do all of the other things, it has to have an operating system. And so what we need inside of each of us is a spiritual operating system because without it, all we have is natural. Now look, here's the good news. The Bible tells us that anybody who has made Jesus their king, anybody who has said, I want Jesus to be my Lord and Savior, I recognize that he died for me. Ephesians 1 promises us that at the very moment that you believe the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God moved in and he became the deposit in us, guaranteeing our place among the children of God. If you want to go check that out, that's Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. And so here's the good news. If you're a believer, you've got a spiritual operating system. But here's where the problem comes in. We always have had a natural operating system. And those two conflict sometimes. We're so used to our natural operating system that sometimes we don't even understand how to 
figure out what's going on with our spiritual operating system. Let me, let me give you a very simple analogy. Uh, most of our staff here at Grace Life are Apple people. We've got iPads, we've got MacBooks, and we've got iPhones, and, and we like it. We talk to each other about it. We can understand each other's devices and help each other, give each other advice. Uh, but, you know, there's, there's always the weird one on staff, right? And the weird one on our staff is a pastor named Chuck. He preached last week, did an amazing job, right? Uh, well, here's the thing. Chuck is one of those PC people. He's not an Apple guy. He's an Android guy. He has a Samsung. The rest of us have iPhones. And so as he came into the staff, and well, the truth is most of us are not very technical, and, and he is actually technical. So we would say, hey, Chuck, can you help us with this? And it was difficult at first because he didn't know how to maneuver on an Apple. He didn't know how to do some of those Apple things. And so he had to learn a different operating system. And look, I'm really good with iPhones. I've had one for years. It's all I know. And if you put a, a Samsung, his, his phone in my hand, I I don't know what to do with it. I don't know how to go through the apps and find things because the apps look so different. They're so weird to me. And it would be very, very difficult for me to, to operate one of those. Now, if you've ever switched from one to another, at first it's hard, but eventually you get used to it. This is exactly what we're talking about. You spent your entire life used to audible sounds, sound waves. You spent your entire life used to what you can see with your eyes. You spent your entire life operating naturally. And now that we're following Jesus, the Spirit of God dwells in us, and there is a spiritual voice of God. At first, it's a little difficult to make that transition, but the longer that you've done it, the better you've got at understanding your spiritual operating system. So I, I want to get down to the practical nuts and bolts. If you are switching operating systems, if this is new for you and you're saying, okay, great, spiritual operating system, hearing the voice of God spiritually, but what does his voice actually sound like? Well, again, it's probably not an audible voice. We can hear an audible voice through our natural system. So the first way that we will hear a spiritual voice is through our thoughts, you see, it actually turns out there's a conversation going on in our head. And since the Spirit of God lives in us, speaking to our spirit, we shouldn't be surprised at times that the conversation is not just me talking to myself, but it is me talking and God is engaged in that conversation with me. Matter of fact, sometimes you'll find yourself praying and, and thinking about what to do and you're just kind of talking and, and hoping God's listening but you imagine God way far off you know hey God God I'm praying to you this morning wonder what I should do and as soon as you ask the question immediately an answer comes to mind and, and usually what happens is you go well is that me or is that God and, and so what we discover over time is trying to figure out when is that God and when is that us and well think about it this way why did that answer come to mind and not the other one. And so we, we learned over time that God is speaking to us and usually those first thoughts that come to our minds, especially when we have acknowledged we're talking to God. It's another thing if you're, you're just driving down the road or talking to a friend, but when you sit down to pray, you have said, hey, God, I'm talking to you, so we should not be surprised that the first thought we have is God talking back to us. Let, let me give you a, a, another example. This is a, a funny example uh, in my own life. Sadly, uh, this should have never happened. It should have never happened, but if you were here a couple of months ago, uh, for whatever reason, I, I got to use the example in a message that I had to buy a new dishwasher. Our dishwasher had died. Well, I'm going to give you an update on that story. <laughs> Our dishwasher didn't die, uh, but here's what happened. When I thought the dishwasher had died, you know, I opened it up, I pushed a few buttons, and nothing happened. Now, I'm not a dishwasher mechanic, so I was no good at that point. I just looked at my wife and said, might as well buy a new one. But as soon as I said that, I had a thought. 
And our dishwasher is a little different. It's actually got a little box for wires that connects the wire from my house to the wire to my dishwasher. And it's got this, this fancy little box and they all go together inside of it. And I had a thought right as I'm talking about what should I do. And the thought was, look inside that box. But to look inside that box would mean getting down on my hands and knees and fitting into a little cabinet with a screwdriver and a flashlight and taking it apart. And honestly, it's a little bit of trouble. I didn't want to do it. So I said, well, I will open that box when I take this dishwasher out and put a new one in. So I figure I'm just going to ignore that thought. So I go to Home Depot. I pick out a dishwasher. I learn something new and annoying about our world. And that's, nobody keeps anything in stock anymore. So I, I expected to bring a dishwasher home to my wife and make her happy. Instead, I had to come home and say, they're shipping it to us. It'll be here in a week, honey. And, and so she was not very happy. She's got to wash dishes by hand for a week. I'd like to say that the whole family chipped in. But the truth is she gets the credit. She did most of the dishwashing for that week. So the new dishwasher shows up and, and I get ready to take it all out. And I get down in that cabinet with that screwdriver and that flashlight and get to that little box and take it apart and find out there was a problem with the wire. One wire had come loose. It even actually sparked a little bit and caused a little bit of a fire. Turns out I didn't need a new dishwasher. The dishwasher was absolutely fine. What I needed was to replace the little box. And that thought, it turns out that someone who is all-knowing of everything knew what would solve my problem and bless my wife at the same time. And I decided not to listen to that thought. So I had to take the dishwasher back and order the box, and now my wife had to go another week washing dishes by hand, all because I chose to decide that voice in my thoughts was not something I should listen to. I should know better by now, right? I'm the one standing here talking about this this morning. Or a matter of fact, maybe sometimes you have this thought. You're praying, you're thinking, or you know, you're, just, you're just sitting around thinking, and suddenly a person comes to mind. You should call them. And so you call them and it turns out that they're, they were feeling down or they weren't having the best day or it just blessed them that you called them. And here's the question, why them? Why that person? Why, why did they come to mind out of all of your friends, you know? Because you, you want to know, well, Jimmy, how do I know if it's God in my thoughts, right? And so I hope you have more than one friend. If you don't, we need to pray for you. But hopefully you've got many friends. Why did that friend and only that friend come to mind? I want to tell you, I had an incredible experience happen in my life one time. Uh, I just felt led to call someone, and, and I picked up the phone and called them after I did find their number. It was not someone I talked to regularly, and it turns out this person was in the act of ending their life. They had had a really difficult situation happen, and they just felt God wasn't there. God hadn't protected them. God hadn't helped them. And to this day, now I'll tell you the good news, they're alive, they've got a family, and, and I don't get any credit for that because I don't know that they would even remember I was the one that called. I'll tell you what they remembered was as they were thinking it's not worth living because God doesn't care about me, somebody called up and said, God told me just to see how you're doing. What they knew in that moment, just because of what I heard in my thoughts, was that God cares about them and God loves them. You see, God speaks through our thoughts. Now, here's the thing. Sometimes we, we hear from God, and we just don't give him credit, especially if you're a Southerner. You know what we do as Southerners? We've got this phrase we like to say all the time, it dawned on me. I try to do it even with the, with the accent we use down here in the South. We say things like, well, it dawned on me to call my Aunt Sally, and when I called my Aunt Sally, she was so blessed, you know, that, that sort of thing. It? Who is it? What is it? Or, or, or we'll say something like, well, I was driving down the road too fast and something just told me to slow down. So I slowed down and, and sure enough, there was a police officer there. Something just told me. What is something? I don't know. We can't even spell something here in the South the way we say. We, we, we just say there's a something out there that talks to us and there's something that dawns on us all the time. It's 
we aren't giving credit to the fact we've been hearing God's voice all along. Matter of fact, I, I used to drive really fast. Okay, I still drive fast. Just be honest, I drive fast. And here's what's crazy. I drive fast all the time. But every now and then, I will hear, I will have a thought that says, you should slow down. Now, back when I was younger, I just thought, oh, who cares? And I would ignore the thought, you should slow down. And within a minute, I would see blue lights, and I would get tickets. And as time went on and getting ticket after ticket, I eventually realized, whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute. If I'm driving fast all the time, which... Sorry for the confession, but I do drive a little too fast all the time. And only sometimes having the thought, I should slow down. Maybe I should listen, because maybe that's not just me. Maybe even when I'm driving too fast and probably shouldn't be, God still is showing his love to me. And so I have learned when I have that thought to, you should slow down, I slow down. And sure enough, I have not had tickets since. And I will drive by and say, oh, there's a police officer. Thank you, God. So it turns out we can hear God through our thoughts. Here's a second way that we can hear God. We can hear God through our feelings and impressions. And feelings are very complicated, so maybe the better word is impression. I'm going to let you choose which one you really like. But what I mean by that is you, you might feel unsettled or you might feel peace. You might feel a reservation, or you might feel an affirmation. And here's where the word witness comes in. You know, in the natural, right, talking about natural versus spiritual, in the natural, a witness is someone who shows up and says, yep, that's true, that's right, or nope, that's not right, that's not the way it went down. Well, it turns out we also have a spiritual witness, right, because the Holy Spirit lives in us. And as we begin to think God is speaking or begin to do things, we have an internal spiritual witness that says, nope, wait, think about that. Or, yeah, that sounds good. That feels good. Matter of fact, I'm going to give you an example. Uh, here at Grace Life, we, we had an elder meeting one time where we needed to make a, a decision. And, uh, well, we actually make decisions at every meeting, but this one in particular. Uh, I went into the meeting thinking this was the right direction to go. And so I go into the meeting, I give everybody vision, everybody agrees, and so we make the decision to go a certain direction. And so as I get up the next day and I get ready to go and put this plan into place, I suddenly felt like uneasy. I, I couldn't explain it, but I just, just didn't feel the freedom to go and put this plan into place. So I said, okay. I'll wait till tomorrow. Maybe, maybe today's just not a good day. Who knows? I, I don't know. And so the next day I got up and got ready to put the plan into place. And then I still felt uneasy and thought, well, I don't know. Maybe I just need to wait till next week. And then next week came and then the week after that came. And I continued to feel unsettled about taking that step. And I just began thinking maybe the timing's wrong or I don't really know or I'm just going to wait and see. You see, I, I have been walking with God long enough that one of the things I have learned is when I feel unsettled that I, I know something's not right. I may not know exactly what's not right, but I know something's not right. And so I just decided not to do anything. Well, it turns out it, it went all the way to our next elders meeting uh, that I kept not putting the plan in place. And sure enough, the very day of the elders meeting, uh, I found out something about that plan and I found out something about a better plan that revealed I was on the wrong plan. And so that's why even though it made sense to me in the moment earlier, and, and it made sense to everybody as I explained it, and logically we were ready to go with it, there was an impression, there was an inner conviction of the Holy Spirit just saying, no. And because I listened to that, we were able to avoid taking a wrong plan. Matter of fact, I'm just going to tell you, uh, that, that might be something I do now that frustrates people, but I, I've learned, and, and if this helps you today, then, then I hope it would. Uh, I've learned that because we can make logical decisions in the moment, 
and we're not sure if that's from God or not. I've learned that the more important the decision is, the more time I give it after I've made it before I enact it. Uh, here's what I mean. If, if I decide to go out to eat lunch, that affects me. It's not a big deal. Uh, even if I eat the wrong thing, only I'm going to feel bad for the afternoon. It, it's not a big decision. But decisions that impact other people, for instance, Grace Life especially, these are large decisions. They affect the lives of hundreds, if not thousands of people. And so when we make a decision for Grace Life, something that I've learned is to just give it time. So it may be in a staff meeting, we decide we're going to do this. Or it may be in an elder meeting. Or it may be in a meeting where we talk about what we need to do. And then I go and pray and I feel like I've made a decision. And so what I do is I declare to myself, decision made but I don't tell anybody. And I want to just see how that feels. Does it resonate approval or does it bring confusion? Does it, does it feel like I'm supposed to go with it or not? Sometimes I just feel it out for a day. Sometimes I feel it out for a week, sometimes longer. I want to know if the impressions and the conviction that I'm having internally agree with the thoughts that I've already had. The third way that we can hear God's spiritual voice is from dreams and visions Acts chapter 2 says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Look, if God is speaking to you this way, it's really important. You write those down. You journal those. You continue to pray over them. Ask God to give you insight. Matter of fact, you might even want to sit down with somebody that's used to hearing God's spiritual voice and say, Help me discern this dream. Real quickly, I'm just going to give you an example of one. As I was reviewing my notes with our, our staff yesterday, uh, Kent reminded me of a, a very important dream that God had given him. He, he is from Arkansas, and uh, at one point in his life, he had moved to Ohio. He was on a church staff in Ohio leading worship there and, and was loving every minute of it. And if somebody just called up and said, hey, we'll offer you a lot of money and a great job to come back to Arkansas, he would have laughed at him because he was loving what he was doing leading worship in this church. And so he had a dream. And the dream was that God came to him and said, would you move back to Arkansas? And in his dream, he remembered saying, yes, God, I will move back to Arkansas if that's what you want. And he woke up and he laughed at it. Matter of fact, he went and told his wife, guess what? I just had this really weird dream. They both kind of laughed it off. He went to work. And at 1030 that morning, someone called and said, we need you to move back to Arkansas. Without that dream, he would have never moved back. But because of that dream, it was very clear. That dream, that day, that phone call, that day, God is speaking so what I want to give you today, right as we wrap up just these last few minutes, those are the ways we hear God's spiritual voice, which is uh, through dreams and visions, it is through our feelings and impressions, it is through our thoughts, but there are things that can get in the way of us hearing that. So I'm going to close out with just real quick four keys that will help you hear the voice of God. Uh, the, voice, the first one is expectation. You, you simply need to decide, do you expect to hear God? If you don't expect to hear God, it's going to be tougher for you to hear him. You need to expect God to be speaking through what you feel. You need to expect God to be speaking through your thoughts. Again, the spirit of God lives inside of you. You have a spirit. There's a conversation going on inside. It's not going to come from out there through your eardrums. It's going to come from inside. So our thoughts and our feelings, we need to expect a spiritual God to speak to his spiritual children in a spiritual way. Expectation. The second one is trust. You know, the greatest question I touched on a little bit ago is how do you know if that thought is from God? 
or not? How do you know if this feeling is from God or not? Matter of fact, some of us, we have different personalities. And some of our personalities are a little bit like, whoa, I'm not sure that's a good idea. That sounds kind of risky. And so you may interpret that as concern, but it might be your personality because other personalities say, hey, let's jump off this cliff. It'll be fun. And so they have a tougher time discerning concern. Other people have a tougher time discerning, let's go forward with this risky maneuver. God's going to be with us, though. So sometimes our personalities can get involved. How do you know when it's God? Well, I'm going to tell you one thing that my pastor told me in college. Uh, He said, you're not that good. So when you think of the one person that you should call, out of all your friends, out of all your family, you have a thought. You need to call that person. You call that person, and it blesses them. He he taught me that, look, this is how you know it's not you, because you're not that good. You do not have some superhero knowledge of the one friend that needs to hear from God that day. No, 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 that comes from God himself. Let's just understand it this way. When you're hearing this spiritual voice or this inner voice, there are only three options. God, you, and the devil, right? Uh, The enemy, look, we can already know when it's him. When when you hear something like, go to church and worship God, that's not the devil. He's never going to tell you to do that. When you hear a voice telling you to take your vacation fund that you've saved up and give it to the family next door that can't afford groceries, uh, that's not the devil because the devil's not generous. He would never tell you to do that, right? So, you know, if if you hear a voice that says, uh, your neighbor really is mean, go next door, slap him in the face. Okay, that might be the devil. It's really easy to figure out, is this a good thing or not? If it's not, it's probably the devil. If it's a good thing, it's either you or God. And here's the point. If it's good and it's God, great. If it's good, and it's you, it's still good. Go ahead and do it, right? I mean, how could it ever be a bad thing? Where where you say, well, you know, I know I should call that person that I'm thinking of. It would probably make them feel good. It would probably bless their day to say, I just wanted to call and check on you, but I'm not sure it's you, God, so I'm not going to do it. How crazy is that? Had another pastor in college who told me something I will never forget. He said, look, uh, when you hear the voice of God, nobody is always right. I I know I'm wrong sometimes that my thought, it might not have been God, it might have been me. My feeling might not have been God, it might have been me. I know for a fact because I'm a human, I'll never always be right. I've got to be wrong sometimes. But here's what he said, I'll never forget. But I'd rather be wrong than rebellious. You see, if God's the one telling you to call that person and you don't do it, you're rebellious. But if you're thinking to call that person and you don't do it or you do it, either way, maybe you're just wrong calling it God. But who cares? It is still a good thing to do. So look, the whole discernment between is it God or is it me actually might come down to this very next point. Number three, experience. You see, the longer that we use the spiritual operating system, again, back to the example, the longer it's been that you've switched from Android to iPhone or from iPhone to Android, whichever one it is, the longer you've been using it, the more experience you have in knowing one operating system from the other. It's kind of like, uh, the best analogy I can give you is is like a parent with uh, a, a toddler that only knows like three human words, right? Have you ever watched this happen? A little baby comes up to uh, the parent and goes, and the parent goes, okay, I'll get you chocolate milk. And you stand there going, where did you get chocolate milk out of that? Well, the reason is they live with that all the time. 
and they have discerned that, well, it's totally different meaning. They, they, they figured out what is going on in that child's speaking. And so the more experience we have of, of following God and hearing his voice and trying to apply it, it actually comes down to remembering the last time you felt that way, the last time you thought that. You know, I, actually, I got three speeding tickets when I was in college because I thought I should slow down and chose not to. And I added that to a database that said, next time I hear you ought to slow down, I did. And it, because of experience, I stopped getting speeding tickets when, when I heard that you should slow down, right? Now, here's the problem. Some of us, we, we need to make some really big decisions. And as a pastor, a lot of times people come to me and say, Pastor, I, I don't know what God wants from me. I, I can't figure this out. Matter of fact, even yesterday, I was having a conversation with a young man about life decision. What do I do? Where do I go from here? Like, this is big, right? And, and sometimes we're trying to make really big decisions. And we feel like we can't hear God, and it's because we have no experience. Sometimes we, we've, we just wait to talk to God when the biggest thing comes up. We haven't learned to hear God's voice as we're driving, and he says, slow down. We haven't learned to ask everyday questions. And so we get to a point like, should I take this job and move my family across the country? That's huge. Oh my gosh, God, I don't know what you want from me. Yeah, because we don't have any experience of hearing his voice. And so let me just give you some ideas you can do. Like when I first started learning to hear God's voice, and I said, wait a minute, if God's always with me and God's always speaking to me, uh, then I'm going to just try to hear his voice all the time. And in very practical ways, I would just say, okay, God, I got to go to three stores and run three errands. Which, which order should I go in? Which store should I go to first? Because God is all-knowing. God knows which store has a really long line right now that'll be shorter in a half hour. God knows everything. And so I would ask him the simplest questions and just try to get used to hearing him all the time so that the only time I talk to him is not when it is a really big decision. It makes big decisions easier. And then the last one, and I'll, I'll wrap up with this, is obedience. In my experience with God, as well as many things that I see in Scripture, when God has spoken and you've ignored, he stops talking. He's got no reason to tell you anything new. You still haven't done what he said before. And so in a lot of our cases, uh, God has spoken to some of the things we're dealing with. And in other cases, God has told you three times to call so-and-so and you haven't done it because you're angry at them and you haven't forgiven them. Maybe that's the whole point that God's getting at is to forgive them. And that might require you reaching out a phone call. So why would God answer the next question if you've ignored his last two or three or ten or 20 answers, at least in my experience. If we don't do what God is saying when God is speaking, he has less reason to talk to us. So I wanna leave you with, with some hope. I want you just to imagine if we could hear God's voice and, and walk out exactly what he has for us. Can you imagine a life that is filled with the favor and the blessing of God instead of the mistakes and the correction that a lot of times we feel like we're doing and we look back at the mess and go, wow, God, it doesn't feel like you were with me. What if, what if we could hear his voice and be where God is? Can you imagine what it would be like if we heard his voice and so every day we felt close to God, we felt loved by God, we felt he was right there. Here's a really good one. Can you imagine the difference we could make in this world if we could hear God's voice? You see, statistically, at any given uh, moment of worship, we'll just say Sunday mornings, at, at any Sunday morning, the number of people worshiping God is less than the people who are not. 
Uh, there's about 8 billion people on the planet and only about 2 billion claim to be Christians. And some of those just say that because of the country they live in. And so what we know is that there are many people around us, many people in our lives, they are never going to go in the doors of a church. But what if God still wants to speak to them? He's going to have to do it through you and me out there. So imagine if we could hear God's voice. What if we trusted that we heard God's voice? And you walk into a restaurant and as you sit down, you feel God say, go speak to that person over there. Now, again, I know you're going to do that whole, I don't know if this is God. What if, well, God didn't tell you to go speak to everybody in the restaurant. He pointed out one. If he's only pointing out one, chances are, again, it's God, not you. Definitely the devil. The devil's never going to say, hey, go pray for that person over there and tell him God loves him. So, so go. And as we go over there and speak to that person that is never going to come in the doors of a church, at least until this moment, we can change their lives. All because we can hear God's spiritual voice. Because we are God's spiritual children. Just imagine what God could do through us. I want to pray for us that we would be people who begin to hear his voice. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you so much that you are a God who loves us and cares for us. And that for all of history, you have dwelt with your people. It's been your desire to dwell with your people, to be with them, to speak to them, that they would hear your voice, that they would be close to you. So God, today I pray that you will give each of us the ability to change operating systems that, that will we'll stop looking at just what we see and feel in this world and we will get in tune with your Holy Spirit that's dwelling within us. Help us to hear your voice and trust that you are speaking to us. As we close, just stay in a place of prayer. I want to speak to those of you. Well, the truth is some of you do not have a spiritual operating system. I said earlier in the message, when we make Jesus our King, the Holy Spirit moves in. It's a promise. But what that also means is if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus and made him your King, the Holy Spirit has not moved in. You do not have a spiritual operating system. And you cannot expect God to speak to you every day the way that I've mentioned here today. But all of that can change right now by surrendering your life to Jesus. If you've never done that, I want to help you do that right now. I'm just going to lead you in a conversation. Say something like this to yourself and to God. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died for me. And so now, I want to live for you. I do thank you that you love me. I thank you that I'm forgiven. And my prayer today is that you fill me with your spirit. Give me a spiritual operating system. I want to hear your voice and give me a life of great meaning in your kingdom. Amen. Let's celebrate with those people, everybody. God bless you. See you next week. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. If you've made the decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. It's the best decision you'll ever make. If you've been impacted in any way, we'd love to hear about it head over to gracelife.church resources where you can share your story and find other tools for following Jesus. We hope you go out and make Jesus famous in your world.